Welcome to Simply Financial with Paul Durso, your GPS to retirement. It's it's not about being safe or being risky. It's about how hard your money's working. Yep. It's are you generating revenue? Do you have the revenue that you need to last throughout retirement? Regardless whether or not it's safe or not, it needs to work. Now, your host, Paul Durso. Paul Durso, Simply Financial. And yeah, I'm here too, Charlie Bowers, and we got a great show for you today. Before we get started, you know how we always talk about income? From time to time, Something reminded me about income, and it was that my son learned how to create an income stream real early in life. One Saturday, he and Lori were at, uh, I don't know, Dollar Tree or something. There was this big bag of balloons. He said, Mom, can I have that bag of balloons? She said, oh, yeah. So next thing you know, that afternoon, he's at the pool with his bag of balloons. And there's a bunch of little kids. He's maybe 10 years old, and there's a bunch of kids a lot younger than that. And so he filled up a couple of water balloons. You know, water balloons are pretty exciting. So he's over juggling, throwing it up, seeing how high it can go and catch it without it breaking, maybe throwing it at his buddy across the pool. Well, he made those look so good, and he had that big box bag of balloons sitting in front of him. All the little kids wanted one. He started selling them for a quarter apiece. <laughs> I'm telling you, he brought in the bucks. And, you know, little kids and water balloons, they have a very limited life, shelf life, yeah. the, the balloons, not so the kids. So they kept coming back for more. So they kept coming back for more. And, you know, there's the parents that they originally were excited. Yeah, you can have a quarter. Here's a quarter for a balloon. And then you'd see the, the little girl walk across the pool with her balloon and drop it, and it burst, and the parent's head just, because <laughs> that was another quarter. That's and I'm going to tell you, he made some money. With those water balloons, and it's carried throughout his whole career in the neighborhood. He oh, went, really? He, he went from from water balloons to warheads, those nasty candies, to uh, sunglasses. Really? If Chuck Bowers wore the sunglasses, they were worth twice as much as what Chuck paid for them. So That's he, hilarious. He did a little entrepreneur right over there. He, he's done great. Following after good. daddy's footsteps, huh? I hope I can grow up to be like him one day. That's hilarious. Actually, my dad... He always, every time we're around, I'm around him, he's in for the holidays. He always, you know, we spend a lot of the holidays together and he always says, you're the block off the old chip. There you that, go. That's what, that's his saying that's to his me. Thing. It's pretty cool. <laughs> all right. So we got a great show in store for you today. It's safe money. All right. It seems that people have different definitions when it comes to safe money. And today we're going to kind of try to hash that out on what's a, what's a real valid definition of safe money, what it means to you, what it might mean to a financial advisor, see if we can't find some clarity around safe money. So what's your definition of safe money? I'm not sure there really is safe money. I know you hear radio ads all the time from the safe money people that are trying to sell you something in particular. But I always thought, you know, okay, CDs, what's a CD? Well, that's losing money safely. Because if you don't keep up with inflation, you don't keep up with interest rate risk, then then it's not really safe. Mm -hmm. So you got to go back to every investment really carries some sort of risk. So safe money is going to mean something different to everybody. I think one of the issues that people have to deal with when they're talking about safe money, it's the alternative. So you're, you're thinking, okay, this money over here is safe, whatever that means, mm-hmm. as opposed to, well, this money over on the other side is not safe. It's risky. Well, from a financial advisor standpoint, the longer that I've been in this business, the, the harder I have discussing the safe money question, because it's not about safety or safety. It's not about safety. 
it's it's not about being safe or being risky. It's about how hard your money's working. Yeah. It's are you generating revenue? Do you have the revenue that you need to last throughout retirement? Regardless whether or not it's safe or not, it needs to work it to generate to revenue. You, you bury it in the backyard, somebody's gonna say, Well, that's safe. Well, yeah, it's protected from market movement or something mm -hmm. like that, but it's not necessarily safe. And I quote. And don't get me wrong, I it's not that I don't like to discuss risk, but I think it's a secondary question to when it to how much money or income your assets have to generate. If you head into retirement and you're super conservative, you don't like to take any risk. Yet you have a shortfall, a need that you've got to generate $35,000 of revenue a year from your nest egg. That means you want to live on, you know, $65,000. You've got $30,000 in pensions and social security and the other 35,000 has to come from something. Yep. Well, are you going to take that out of your bank? Are you just going to had a client come in the other day? She's got about a couple hundred thousand dollars sitting in cash and then another million dollars invested. And she's like, well, I'm just going to spend down the cash and hope my investable assets grow enough to offset the difference. And I'm like, so you're crossing your fingers just hoping it's going to work out. Is that a, is that a viable strategy? I don't think that's a viable I, strategy. I think that's a dangerous characteristic in investing just to hope, to hope. something works out. Now, I love hope. I think it's one of the greatest gifts that God gave us. But when it comes to retirement, I don't want to just hope it works yeah. out. And in my new, new book that's coming out, I have a phrase throughout the entire book that says, you plan for income, you hope for growth. You know, if I'm going to hope for anything, I'm going to hope for a bonus. I want to hope for some additional growth. But if I'm heading into retirement, I'm going to have my income planned out. Yeah. I want to know where it's coming, when it's going to be there, why it might not be there. I want to know everything about it. Anything else? Let's just cross our fingers and hope that all that works out. But my income, not, 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 not going to go down that road. Can't do that. Can't do it that way. But, you know, we also talk about safe money. And if you put it in terms like, like we do when we organize assets, there's certain types of assets that have an element of protection to them, like bank-backed, where you have FDIC insurance, or the U.S. government-backed, or even insured products. Now, in a sense, you can call them safe, but there's still risks associated with them. And uh, just that element of protection, if someone wanted to, I could call that in, a, in certain terms, safe money. So what we're talking about now, from my understanding, is just having an organizational methodology of saying, okay, what classifies as safe and what classifies as risky? The industry looks at diversification as a pie. <laughs> and they'll look at it and they'll the say, wagon okay, wheel, yeah. yeah, we've got so much in this asset class, this asset class, bonds, stocks, large cap, whatever. And we're supposed to look at that wheel, that pie chart and go, that looks good. Yeah. As opposed to somebody else looking at it. I mean, what diversification, unless it's like a hundred percent or you got three things in there. I mean, who's going to look at that and go, that's the best diversification I've ever seen. I mean, once you get past maybe five elements, Everybody starts looking at that going, is that good? Is that good? Is and right. if you got 10 or 12 or 20, is that better or worse? I mean, what, what is that diversification pie actually helping you achieve? A feel good? It limits the volatility you have to experience. Does it really? And that's what you have to worry about. You have this pie with 25 different little spokes to the wheel, and now you've diversified yourself where these three are doing well, these three are doing bad, and you end up with nothing. Well, that, that, that brings to the, you know, I don't want to get too financial, but systematic risk. 
we're talking about market risk here. You you can't diversify around market risk. No. Systematic risk is just a part of the system. It's going to evolve its way into, or it's going to move its way into a situation that no matter what you do, you're going to feel it. Mm-hmm. So diversification, and I believe in it. Don't get me wrong here. I'm a big fan of diversification. But you can't use diversification to limit certain things in the market. Yeah. It, it, what's that? What's that phrase? Um, tides sink all ships or rising tides rising lifts all lifts ships. Off ship. I'm not sure if that's where you're trying yeah, to go I, with that. That's close enough. Yeah, close enough. Okay. Right. I mean, the market is the tide. It's 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 the ocean that we're all we're all floating in. Mm-hmm. And if the market's going to do something, sometimes we're just along for the ride. No matter what boat you're in, you're still going to feel the same storm. You're riding right with it. Well, all of this talk is really starting to uh, weigh heavy on my head, Paul. Can we kind of do something, a little change of pace maybe? I think we should. We should play a game. Oh, let's play a game. Let's spin the wheel. So we got a wheel that we're going to spin, and there's about 10 games listed on this fun wheel. And wherever it stops, we're going to play the game. All let's right? I think we should do it. Let's do it. Come on, come on. Not there. No, no. Superlatives. Superlatives. That is the worstest, the bestest, your most favorite. We're going to extremes here, Paul, and I've got a question for you. What is the best Christmas movie ever? Oh, dear. That's a tough one. There's a lot of good ones out there, but I want the best. My favorite test? That might qualify. Oh, man. Um... Good night. So growing up versus today, man, I grew up in the golden age, I feel like, of Christmas movies. Now, you could say the golden age was probably like the white Christmas era and Holiday Inn or whatever, you know, maybe when the first Christmas movies were made, but, and I'm not sure they were the first, but those are the earliest I can remember. Well, young guy like yourself. But when I was, you know, I don't remember, maybe in middle school, high school, that's when the Home Alones came out. Mm-hmm. And those like rocked the Christmas industry, you know, movie industry. And I'd probably put Home Alone 2. Home Alone, Home Alone 2. Two is probably my favorite. That's when he went to New York? The brick scene. Come on, when those guys came up and he threw those bricks uh, over. And then when the they cut the pipe, like, and it fell down the steps and then landed on them in the basement. That was... I don't think I've ever laughed harder. You like an element of violence oh, in your Christmas movies. But then movies. you got that Elf you? that came out. That's the last movie I saw in the theaters. That was out like 15 years ago. Exactly. <laughs> that was the last movie I saw in the theaters. In the theater? In the theater. In a real theater. Not in the den in my the house. Yeah. Oh, thanks for bringing that back up. Uh, well, you know. What's your favorite? Well, you had that violent thing, and I always have an argument violent? with people that was about funny. the brick, the pipes down That's the so stairs. so funny. It's slapstick. That was great. Slapstick. You remember the Three Stooges? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm was going to say Die Hard, but you know that's even a little that bit is more not violent. A Christmas that is a. Movie. When did it occur? I, At Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Okay. In the winter. Yeah, all right. But you were talking about old movies. I thought you were going where where I live here, and that's uh, it's a wonderful life. George and one. Mary Bailey. Bailey. Yeah. That's a good movie. I love that movie. That's I, really I tear good. up and cry and everything. I mean, if we're going to go old timer, I'd probably say White Christmas because that is a holiday and so good too. But I, I feel like it's a little slower. White Christmas was just, it was that feel good, you know, especially when they turn it into color. You well, see all the colors at the end. That last scene is pretty spectacular. The one that you can really test your age on is which Christmas Carol movie 
I know you watch the movies. Is it? I know George C. Scott, or do you even go to Bill Murray and Scrooge? You got all kind of options. Well, that's Scrooge, Christmas not Carol. Christmas Carol. Yeah, well, I can't think of Alistair's first name. One of the original uh, Christmas Carol. There's. Actors. I had watched Scrooge not too long ago, and I I remember watching it when it first came out and thinking you know it was really funny or different. And then I watched it probably a year ago, and I was like, I couldn't. Re- I did not remember how many bad like innuendos that were in that movie. Oh, really? I don't remember. Anything. I was like, oh my word. I grew up on, Go- not to switch the subject, we got to get back to the show, but I grew up on Goonies. It's probably my favorite movie of all time was mm-hmm. Goonies. I just, it was my era. I was like 12 years old when it came out. Great movie. Okay, maybe 10. And um, when I wa- my kids watched it for the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, they cussed in that movie like 20 <laughs> times. And I didn't remember any of that stuff as a kid. And now as a parent, you know, trying to shelter what my kids mm-hmm. here, I'm like, oh, I watched this how many times growing up? And I didn't remember any of that. And then the moment they say anything and I'm watching with my kids, I'm like, oh, I was terrible. Oh my mm-hmm. word. And it, it was rated like PG. I wonder if they changed the, yeah, the rating the, system. The rate, because there was no PG 13 when I Christmas vacation, you know, I watched it on TV for the longest time and somebody gave me a DVD of the original and they had a lot of cussing in there. Yeah. It's, just, it's a different world. All right. Back to the actual show here talking about safe money. So we got a couple questions. We're going to wrap this show up. So why do you think so many people are misinformed about safety of their savings? Safety. I think it all kicks back to just the financial industry's alleged education. You know what, what the media puts out, what they talk about where they're trying to market to you and get you to uh, invest your money. So I got two words for you. Here's my pessimistic point of view. First word, sales. Second word, agenda. So if you're going to hear somebody on a podcast or radio show or on television talk about safe money, I can almost assure you there's some sales angled on it. You know, no let, let's talk about this safe money and why is it so safe? Because all that risky stuff, you can't control it. And, you know, pessimism, pessimism, it, you're going to lose, lose, lose versus their safe product. You know, you can do nothing but win. There's a sales idea concept behind that. If it's not going to be in that vein where we're selling something and it's just the industry, so it's Wall Street speaking. When Wall Street speaking, I think it's more of an agenda. It's uh, Morgan Stanley, who I probably shouldn't say names. If it's a big wirehouse out there, um, they don't even exist anymore. So I guess I can't say that. So if it's a big company out there that wants to, you know, share a commercial and they're not in it, not specifically talking about safe money, but they're helping you understand the industry. The agenda is you can't do this by yourself. You need us to tackle this this problem, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's diversification, income, no matter what it is, you need us. So I think personally, when it comes down to understanding safe money, you have to, you have to realize that either people are trying to sell you something or they have an agenda on how they want you to think so you can fit in their box and buy their product. Well, you, you think about when the next market correction comes, you're going to hear a lot more from the safe money people. Oh, yeah. They've and been I dormant for a while. Anything they're trying to sell right now is they're selling the fear of the market correction. So When the market does correct, you will see a spike in the safe money. So uh, can you give me an example of a client who needed more safety in their portfolio and how you helped? So, I mean, if we go back into my career and, 
you wanted me to bring up some example, I could probably share more stories than I'd care to share. But early in my career, I was really focused on volatility control and, and understanding when the market does fall apart, how in the world are you going to make sure that you're going to be able to sleep at night? And even sleeping at night was a phrase that I used all the time. Like we want to make you find yourself in a situation where you're never going to be worried about running out of money or that the market's going to rob your wealth overnight. So, and I mean, I used to say those things all the time. And the reality is now I, I say them differently. It's, you know, I don't want the market to rob your income. I don't want the market to rob mm -hmm. your, 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 your wallet share of revenue when it comes to what's coming out of your investment. So I've changed. So I would not share an, a story specific on here. You, you can do that if you want. But the reality is we don't focus as much on volatility as we do on income. Right. And it has to do with the, your, your time horizon too. Because if you're set up in such a way that uh, short-term volatility won't hurt you, then, then, then you're good to go. But one of the things that I think about that some people may align or liken to safe money is in 401ks. And they say, we're going to give you a target date fund so that you're X numbers a year away from retirement. So we think this is the allocation between stocks and bonds that ought to be in your, your fund. And I think that's uh, just kind of fooling people sometimes mm -hmm. when they're saying we're going to give you safety in these target date type funds. And, and I think that's just the wrong way to look at it. Yeah. Again, not focused on income. Yeah. I mean, income is what gives you that confidence in retirement. It's not, oh, well, I got safe money. Now you might think it's, well, I got safe money, but the reality is if your bank account's not getting filled up by income, what, what are you doing? I mean, what's the point of having money invested if it's just going to make you feel good, if the market falls apart, well, mm. how are you generating revenue? How are you making the income that you're going to live on in retirement? Safety yep. isn't going to do that for you. Well, risk isn't either necessarily. You've got to invest it in a manner that's going to produce you something. That's it's right. not just going to, well, again, hope for growth. It's how much of your money is actually working for you. And I'm certain there's going to be plenty of shows regarding or regarding around income planning. Cause that's just the, the heartbeat of what we do here at insight folio. So I know we've talked a whole lot about safe money. It's important. We don't want you to get duped, sold. We don't want you to fall into somebody else's agenda on why they're portraying something. I mean, this show entirely today is just ho hopefully opening your eyes on the importance of understanding what safe money is. But the reality is it's, it's got its place. It's a conversation. It's not a decision-making point. Yeah. You're not going to, you should not make a money, uh, make a decision based on, well, this is safe or this is risky. That's, that's just another thing to discuss that leads you into a decision. It should not be, well, I can't buy that because it's risky. I think those are just emotionally charged words that people use to try to tell you something. Because it's easy. Who doesn't get emotional no, over I losing? I want something safe. Yeah. yeah. People would rather not lose than they would gain. Mm -hmm. And this is the, the, the studies that have proven this are why you see so many shows out there that are labeled safe money mm -hmm. or something regards that because they can play on that emotion to get people to buy into that. And that's, that's a terrible, in my opinion, that's a, that's a bad marketing practice that, that feeds on people's emotion to get the end result of what they're looking for. There you go. All right. So we're done for today. 
Uh, hope you enjoyed and learned a little bit. If you want to learn any bit more, you can visit our website, insightfolios.com. Again, that's insightfolios.com. Or give us a call, 704-529-9500. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks. Now for our fast-talking fine print. The information presented is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax investment or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a SEC-registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is notice filed or is excluded or exempted from notice filing requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through Durso Capital Management Company. Insight Folios, Inc. and Durso Capital Management Company are affiliated companies and do not offer legal or tax advice. Paul Alderso and Charles B. Bowers Jr. are investment advisor representatives of Insight Folios, Inc. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.